before we start, let's find out what joy is not. The world mistakes joy for happiness. And I've got a few, I searched the internet to discover what the world thinks about happiness, and this is what I found. The first one says, you deserve to be happy, and I think we've got illustrations of this. Blank illustrations, that's not a good one. Oh, okay. Technology, who worries? You deserve to be happy, don't let anyone let, don't let anyone make you forget that. Interesting thought. Second one is happiness is for everybody. Nobody deserves to be sad for any reason. <coughs> happiness is a muscle that needs to be exercised. There's a unique one for you. Here's a great one. If it makes you happy, no one else's opinion should matter. And the best of the lot. My only goal in life right now is to be happy. Genuinely, intensely, and consistently happy, regardless of what that looks like to others. Now you see, these are the world's attempts to substitute happiness for joy. These aphorisms, as they're called, about happiness are at the best, they're conciliatory and slightly selfish, and at the worst, they're downright condescending and insulting, especially to anybody who's actually lived life. If we want a sober representation of what happiness really is, then this next one, I believe, comes the closest. It says, happiness is a byproduct of function, purpose, and conflict. Those who seek happiness for itself seek victory without war. So we know what joy isn't. So what is joy? Where does it come from? See, joy is fundamentally different from happiness in that it's actually joy is a conviction. Joy is a conviction of contentment or satisfaction or security expressed out of a confident understanding of three things. Who we are, what our purpose is, and who called us. Who are we? We are the mighty children of God. We are his army here on earth. We are the hands, the feet, and the mouthpiece of almighty God. What is our purpose? We are called here as ambassadors of Christ. And I'll talk a little bit about, about that in a minute. And who's called us? Our Father in heaven. His Son, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross for our sins and sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. We're not alone here on this earth. And the fact that we are not, the fact that we ha have a purpose is what actually brings us joy. It's something that cannot be taken away from you. I love this great scripture, James chapter 1, verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Who wrote this stuff? <laughs> Often we think, well, I don't want trouble to come my way. But I saw, I saw a great quote the other day. It said, be thankful for the problems you have in your job, because if they weren't there, they'd have employed somebody else at half your salary. Because we are, we're created to actually overcome problems. We're here on this earth to help other people with their problems. We're here as problem solvers. An, an, an overcomer is somebody who overcomes problems, doesn't avoid problems. Romans chapter 8, verse 37 says, despite all these things. What are all these things? Four-letter word, life. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Overwhelming victory. Remember the last thing? 
Seeking happiness is like seeking victory without war. If we've got overwhelming victory coming our way, what does that mean? We've got to fight something. But who, know, who, who likes a fight where you've peeked ahead a bit like Back to the Future where he looks in the almond, sports almanac? You know who's going to win. If you, you, going into a, a fight knowing that you've, you've got a, a knockout in the second round, would you be a bit confident? <laughs> Come on, give us your worst, give us your worst. <laughs> second round, third punch, wham, oh, knew what was going to happen. You'd be pretty confident, wouldn't you? That's what life is for us. Our joy comes from knowing that whatever fight we find ourselves in, overwhelming victory is ours through Jesus. If we read more into that, in James chapter 1, after it says, Dear brothers and sisters, where troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. It tells us why. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Then again, you know, we're all waiting for our endurance to get a chance to grow, aren't we? It's what we live for. <laughs> so let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. That sounds like a good place to be. It goes on, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Who's often been told, you know, don't ask, you know, curiosity killed the cat. Well, it wasn't God who killed the cat. Because he says, he will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that's blown and tossed by the wind. And if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes life does that to us. Tosses us to and fro. And we wonder how we're going to maintain our joy because of what is happening to us. So... James tells us that I'm getting the feeling here that a relationship with God is probably a good thing to have as a Christian. Probably essentially. So think of it like this. We, we all have a job on this earth. Who's looking for a job? Well, God's given you one. Whether you were looking for it or not. You are here. I, I anoint you all right now. I'd lay hands on you if I could. You are all ambassadors for Christ. You've all been, you know, how politicians when they retire, the job they want is, an is to be an ambassador somewhere. Cushy job, not. It's actually quite stressful. We're ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Think of how ambassadors operate today. They go to live in a foreign country, but they are called to represent their own country and its interests. Sometimes they meet opposition when the country they've been called to has a conflict of some sort with the conflict with the country that they represent. They negotiate on behalf of their country. They attend important events with dress up to represent the leaders of their country. They have the authority to speak for their country. It can be a challenging and wearying task. However, at the end of the day, they can go back to their embassy and cast off those cares. Because did you know, every embassy in a foreign land is actually considered home soil. If you go to the United States Embassy in Australia and you walk through the gates, you are in the United States. And if you attacked that embassy, the reprisals would be swift and deadly because it would be the same as if you attacked the mainland of the United States. But it's just this little house with a, a yard and usually a very high fence and a minefield and, well, depends on the embassy. But if you attack an embassy, you are declaring war on that country. And so people, the ambassador can go back to the embassy and he is on home soil. He's not in a foreign country anymore. 
And exactly the same thing happens to us. We go into the world representing Jesus and his kingdom. We have the same struggles and responsibilities as any other ambassador. We're subject to social pressure, political agenda, persecution, ridicule, hatred. But what keeps us going, what keeps us motivated, what gives us joy is that when we return to our embassy, we're not only on home soil, but our king is there. He's coaching us, encouraging us, strengthening us, teaching us. We have the word of God. We don't have a physical embassy. I mean, you might sort of think, well, this church sort of counts as a bit of an embassy. But we still actually have to follow the rules of the country we're, we're in here. Our embassy is spiritual. Our embassy is our connection with God. We have the word of God. We have the Holy Spirit. We have a, a connection. Whenever we enter our embassy, the king is there. And it's the joy with our relationship with him that we carry. Because we have the authority as sons and daughters of God to speak to our problems and overcome them. This is the joy we carry, the joy of the knowledge in whatever fight we're in, we're winning. Let me just finish with a story from Nehemiah. And who knows that the story of Nehemiah is set after the Israelites have been captured by the Babylonians and spent some time in exile and they return a remnant of them return back to Jerusalem to start to rebuild it and so the Levites and there are a lot of them there they instructed the people in the law while everyone remained in their places they're actually all standing outside listening to somebody not inside a church out in the weather they read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the word of the Lord. And you sort of think, why, why were they doing that? They were weeping because they could see the potent the word of God showed them their potential. And yet if they looked at their surroundings, they're sitting in a ruined city, a remnant of Israel's former glory, rebuilding the temple. And they wept because they saw that what God had promised wasn't visible in their surroundings. Who's ever had that? And they said, and Nehemiah continued, sorry, go and celebrate with a feast of rich food and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. See, it doesn't matter what the circumstances say. It's what God says about us that counts. The strength that we have, the joy that we have is in our relationship with God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. I mean, if nothing can separate us from God, joy should be bubbling out of us the whole time. It's not a, a feeling of happiness. It can be a feeling of happiness, but that's not the essence of it. It's a feeling of knowledge and satisfaction that whatever we do, yeah. Jesus is with us. That we don't go into any situation un, uh, unhelped, un, un, under strength. Uh, and nothing is overwhelming for us. And that whatever it is, we win. Sometimes we win in ways that we didn't think we were going to win. Sometimes we look for the, the straight path and God takes us on a different journey, usually to fulfill James 1, 2. He's building our endurance. 
But the people had, were encouraged to celebrate, to understand that one phrase, the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you're here this morning, and I want you to think about this, just close your eyes for a moment. I want you to think about your situation at the moment. If you have a particular situation or person that you are praying for who needs joy in their life, I want to pray for you this morning. If you're struggling to find the joy of the Lord in your own life, I'd love to pray with you this morning. If something's changing in your life, you've got a new job, you're in a new stage of life, you've got new challenges that you see are confronting you at the moment, and you want to bring joy into that situation, you want to bring that confidence that you are an overcomer, I want to pray for you this morning. If it's just the world's got you down, you need a recharge. I want to pray that joy with you this morning. If you're out in the world, you can't find your way back to the embassy. You, you want to reconnect with the joy of Jesus Christ. I want to pray with you this morning. Perhaps the fight has got you down. You're no longer sure of victory. Jesus wants to give you that joy, that success, that surety this morning. So we're going to sing, I come to the altar this morning. I want you all to stand. And as we sing, if I mentioned any situation that you're facing, coping with, want to put more joy into, you want to recharge, you've got somebody on your heart that you need, know needs joy, I want you just to find your way out onto this altar as we sing. And I want to pray with you this morning to instill that joy of the Lord into people's hearts.